Blog Talk Radio. That time, we have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Welcome in. All right. It's a Monday. Yeah, buddy. I'm just back in town. The kids are off school. No one is in the house right now, thankfully. They are outside riding bikes. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, we have some ground to cover today. World League Volleyball happened in Chicago. You were there live. Oh, man. I'm I'm moving to Chicago. We're gonna get to that in a second. I'm going back home. I'm, there, going, I'm going home. Is there a weather report with that? Can we play? Can we play? <laughs> there is a weather report re- related with that because it's entirely relevant. But I need some Ozzy Osbourne. Mama, I'm coming home. That that uh, would be appropriate. I thought you wanted like this. That would be appropriate. Oh, son of a, I'm getting the wheel of death right now. Oh no! What's happening? I, you know, you go to the Midwest. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going back Thursday. Oh, nice. This is why, just for songs like this, this is why I want the AVP to go back to Chicago so yeah. I can play stuff like this because the crowd loves it. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure they hear it all the time. Chicago. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. So we were in Chicago this past week. Next week, we'll technically be in Hoffman Estates. We were actually in Chicago proper Yeah. this week. So we'll talk about that. There's a lot to talk about with Chicago because... Uh, I'm about to pump up the hometown. <laughs> NVL in the ATL. We'll have a little discussion of that. FIVB in Moscow. I wish Moscow had some sort of initials. MOS. <laughs> MOS. <laughs> Hashtag. FIVB in the MOS. A little, it sounds a little odd. We'll have NVL versus AVP, and that's not NVL jumping in with Alien versus Predator. It's not some sort of third alien presence. Deathmatch. Death Deathmatch. Death I still want to see... The last one that I've seen a bunch of times at the beginning, like 2 in the morning, when I'm on the East Coast and I'm awake and I know I should go to sleep. But you can't. And, but I, I'm going, all right, I'm doing the math in my head. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. This movie just started. It's not going to end until quarter of 3. I'm not staying up till quarter of 3 to watch the end of this. Like the last AVP movie. Not AVP. The last Predator movie. Oh, uh, which um, well, the one where they kidnap oh, a bunch they of were, people and they're on a they planet. They another planet. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was entertained by it. Yeah, and it looked good, and it got good reviews. Adrian Brody's in it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was good, but I mean, it wasn't awful. I mean, as far as that genre goes. Yeah, you know what you're getting. Yeah, no. yeah. I'm the worst with movies, even that I've seen before. If it's one o'clock in the morning, I'll get stuck watching something. Right. Yeah. I right. did that with Man on Fire the other night. Man on Fire. Great Never movie. seen it. Great movie with Denzel. Oh. Anyway. Oh yeah yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Continue, Kevin. I apologize. No, it's, that's good. I, I tell you, what, I had to stay up last night till midnight, not because I really needed to stay up till midnight and wasn't exhausted, but 
I had run behind on my timing for the evening, and there was no way I was entering today without having watched Game of Thrones. I watched it last night, too. Excellent. Finally. Finally. So, spoiler alert for anyone who's listening to the program. Yeah. Something might for about 30 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, ooh, so many open-ended. There's a dragon sighting. There, there is a dragon sighting, which I was happy about. But there are dead children. I needed more dra- I need more dragons. Man, Brianna of Tarth, she's bad. She's bad. I like that. I tell you, there, there were some awesome plot twists and turns, none of which is resolved. Yeah, that's. They didn't give a preview next season on Game of Thrones. They just walked away. They spent a lot of money on the last two episodes. Yeah, yeah, the things popping out the ice. Because there was some, yeah, there yeah. was some cool fight. Obviously, the last episode there was some cool fight stuff, and then things. This episode, CGI. Yeah, lots um, of CGI. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's more dragons, Kevin. I need more dragons. Oh, next season's gonna be so good. They've already been renewed for two more seasons. So, well, they're what's his face supposed to write the last book? Oh, right. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. I was looking at pictures this morning of the stars as themselves. The real life stars. The, the real, real life real people. Life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of cool just to see each one of them in their real circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, what's her name from from the one who sp- who married Joffrey the second time? Her name's escaping me right now. With the grandmother. And yeah, every, I don't know her name. House Tyrell. Sure. The girl from House Tyrell. Uh, she has the same smirk in person. Oh, that's funny. But they always make her up. She looks like a hammerhead shark the way she's made up. Looks. <laughs> Doesn't she? No, that never crossed. In, in real life, in the pictures you see of her in real life, my mind that she looked like a hammerhead shark. In the pictures of real life that you see of her, she does not look like her eyes are oddly spaced. But in the in the series, yeah, she looks like she has spaced. these really wide, this C- really wide head. CGI, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the, uh, Game of Thrones, fantastic. If you haven't watched it, y- and you have Amazon Prime, I believe you can go all the way back to the first season on Amazon Prime because they just bought a whole bunch of HBO content. Otherwise, you're going to have to spend about 40 bucks per season on iTunes, and I recommend it. Or it's on demand if you have HBO already. Well, if you have HBO, yeah, correct. Yeah. correct. But if you don't have HBO, which I didn't for a while, although I do now. Tell your cat not to touch my, yeah. my bag. Yeah, cat. That's you. <laughs> Back off. Here, I will, I will pick up said... Oh, there you go. Just stomp on the floor. The I, cat don't, will I don't dislike your cat. I just don't want him rubbing all up on my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll have a full report. I have audio, some good stuff. David Lee, Taylor Sander, and others from this past weekend in Chicago. We'll have some of that. We'll also have Angie Akers join us now of the World Series of Beach Volleyball, right? She's a real J-O-B now. Yeah, yeah. So Angie Akers, who was at the barbecue, Correct. But I did not talk to. What? I blew by a couple of times doing this and that. But well, obviously she's calling in to talk to me today. Then. Yeah, she'll call in to talk to you. So, Angie, I'm sorry that we didn't speak there, um, but I think you're awesome, and I look forward to talking <laughs> to you today. And next week, we will have Albert Hanneman of the NVL. That's confirmed? Correct. We also have Jeff Conover. Correct. Of the AVP. So we are really covering your beach basis here in the next couple of weeks. The players, hard to reach. They are uh, traveling right now. In transit. Yeah, somewhere between Moscow and Berlin or something, Germany. I think somewhere. they're on their way to Germany. Yeah, so they are in transit. Players hard to find. Lots of administrators and other folks who work for the tours. We will have them for you here. I tell you what, Chicago this weekend. Seventy degrees, no humidity. 
mm-hmm. not a cloud in the sky, that makes you want to move to Chicago. Because that city comes alive when it's that nice out. When it's not 102 with 90% humidity, mm-hmm. and it's not, well, let's say 30 below yeah. with 40-mile-an-hour winds and gray for two or three weeks straight. The trees are out. The grass is getting cut. It smells like summer ought to smell around Chicago. And like you said, that's those days where you're like, oh, I love Chicago. I would move there in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. And then what happens, Kevin? Winter comes. Winter is coming. coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) Always. Perpetually. Yes. You know, you wonder if they can defend the wall, which is located somewhere around Green Bay. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Or if, you know, if Chicago could be Winterfell, it could get burned down at some point. Just. It, it already has a history. It's already been burned it down once. It has burnt more on multiple <laughs> occasions, yes. So it, it's just incredible weekend. We had – now, I spent – those who listen to this program know I spent last spring break in Chicago at the Fairmont Hotel, north side of Millennium Park, and just doing the city with the kids and the wife. Had a blast. It was great that I did that because we stayed at the Hyatt Regency, which is literally the next building, basically Caddy Corner, there above Lower Wacker and Upper Wacker in Chicago. Wacker. Wacker. And we were right in that same heart of Chicago, walking to kind of North End where all the great food is, Rick Bayless restaurants, Frontera, Tampolo Bampo, Chaco. I mean, those places were awesome. You know what else they have there now? They have a life kitchen. Oh, nice. So my haunt in Stanford, I've now seen a few other places. Culver City, if you live in Los Angeles, make a pilgrimage to life kitchen there. It'll be worth it. It'll be fun. Now there's one in Chicago. I did not eat there because I had just gorged myself at Protein Bar again. You love that place. Protein Bar is my favorite. If you're in the did Washington you area. ask them about franchising? I, I did, as a matter of fact. The guy <laughs> did not know. Did. He's like, uh. And I just looked it up. There's some founder, and I think it's privately owned. It appears it may be privately owned. No. But it's Washington, Chicago, now three locations in Colorado. One in Boulder, two in Denver. So if you listen to this program, you live in Denver. Find the protein bar right now. Do yourself a favor. Stop listening to this show. Get <laughs> no. on your Huffy Get in the and ride over there. <laughs> Does it have mags? My Huffy has sure. mags. So go over to Protein Bar. Have the Buffalo Barrito. That's Barrito for those of you counting at home. And I also recommend the High Five. Interesting. That is the juice drink. Was that named after your missed High Five with Jen Kessie? Oh, man. Burn. The fiber? Burn. It wasn't missed. You're... I gave her a High Fiver. Yes. But then you refer to it as a high fiber. By that was autocorrect. Well, it was the best autocorrect ever. Yeah. Damn autocorrect. <laughs> Damn you, Apple. Damn you. Damn you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Been watching Silicon Valley lately. It's pretty funny. I like that show. So, yeah, do yourself a favor. Get out to Protein Bar. Check it out. And if you if you are interested in a franchising opportunity in L.A., I will spearhead it. We are in. Jay Hasek already on board. We're looking for other investors. It will kill in this city. Kill with a capital K. We'll do the uh, we'll do the net live from that place and bring in all kinds of customers. We will build in a studio. Yeah. We'll perfect. just have a studio. That was Reed Pretty's dream anyway. So Reed, if you're actually listening to the program, I suggest you get on Protein Bar instead of opening the RPA grill. <laughs> okay? It's going to be a better deal. You're going to make a lot more money that way. But the playoff hockey was going on this weekend. Playoffs. In between matches, it was all about watching the Stanley Cup. Yep. Friday night worked out beautifully. 
The United States goes 3-0 in a hurry over Serbia. We get back to the hotel in time to watch the middle of the third period and then the double overtime. How fitting is it that the Kings won in overtime? Yes. A record number of games this year in the NHL playoffs. Exhausted, right? And playoff hockey, quite plainly, is awesome. And you can capitalize the entire thing as though someone's yelling at you in text form. Mm -hmm. It is awesome. You cannot peel your eyes away from the screen. I agree. Because you might miss it. You might miss the moment. And when you're watching in a bar, you don't have the benefit of TiVo. And I, I, I will more than willing to tell you up front, I did not watch one regular season game of hockey this year. Correct. Me too. I wasn't able to go to a game. I will go to games. But I did not watch one regular season. Like volleyball, hockey, much more impressive in person. For sure. Rather than TV. For sure. It was otherworldly, the experience. It was such a collective thing, too, because we were sitting in the bar of the Radisson Hotel, or pardon me, Hyatt Regency, gigantic lobby, huge lobby, Mm -hmm. that has a bar down low, a bar up high, all, all kinds of stuff all around. You could hear, not a gasp in the bar that we were in, but in the entire place, each time the puck hit the post, as it did several times, you'd hear, oh, yeah, whoa, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I was at a wedding Friday evening, and there were no TVs in the area where the reception was. Oh, boy. So it was at a golf course, so there was a bar on the other side. That there was TVs and stuff like that. So at one point during like the reception, where is all the bridal party and the groom? They're, they're watching. They're all outside watching the uh, watching the Kings game. It was hilarious. Do they not know you can get it on your phone? The NBC Live Extra app. The NBC Live Extra app is awesome. Yeah, I watched motocross on it this weekend. I watched NHL playoffs on it this weekend. Yep. It is fantastic. If you're a golf fan, there's lots of golf on there. I recommend it. NBC Live Extra in the App Store. Terrific app. Yeah. So kudos to hockey and the Stanley Cup for for making my weekend better. And obviously great for Los Angeles. Huge for L.A. and the South Bay because the Kings all live down here. That's true. That is very true. The Stanley Cup has already been to the beach. Yeah. I I saw photos of it in uh, Hermosa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry, nice. it was already down there. The bar that used to be called Critters, but now is like North End or something in Hermosa. Yeah. There's a big Kings bar, yep. a big Kings hangout. Yep. There's a whole group of ex-Kings that live here, and all they do is surf, work out, and eat at Martha's That's on awesome. 22nd Street. I love, Mar- love Martha's, by the yeah, way. Yeah. That's all they do. Good for them. So that'll be huge here in the South Bay, no doubt. Congratulations to hockey for putting on a, a great show. Can we talk about uh, and what people... We can go back and look at it on our Facebook page. You took a photo of David Lee over the weekend. Yes. Great photo. His arms are up. He looks super happy. Great match. Okay. I would just like you to revisit that photo at some point, Kevin. <laughs> I, will, I will go to it right now. Um, great photo. Just something I noticed. Something you noticed? Yes. Immediately? Yes. And maybe it says a lot about me. But it might. Let me, let me get to it here. Yeah. I'm going to... Because it was but on you our had, Facebook you page had, you, had, you were there doing the broadcast, and you were in the hotel, and I, I, my phone went off, and I, it just showed me that you had posted something like never, something about never in the United States before, or I don't know, remember exactly Correct. what your words were. This has never happened in the United yes, States. Yes, this has never happened. So immediately, I was like, oh, I wonder what Kevin's talking about. I wonder if it was like a Smoothie King reference or what it was. But So I went directly to it, and it was of the players coming back to the hotel after the match, I assume, correct? Saturday night? 
Yes. Was it Saturday night? And there is a couple hundred person crowd waiting for them, Kevin? A couple hundred people? Oh, yeah. A bunch of, bunch, of, bunch of girls. Waiting for the team to come back in. Yep. Like they were an NFL or NBA team. Right. Walking through the lobby. Chasing them. Cheering them, happy to see them. Potentially maybe some were already in their rooms when they got there. Just saying. Stalking Matt Anderson to the bathroom. That's gr- I mean... Matt was a little annoyed at times, and I get it. He's, he's very gracious with the girls, but he's like, L- can I go to the bathroom? I just... I need to pee. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see that, to, to actually have that happen in the United States. So that was the Impact Girls... Impact Volleyball, there was a girls' juniors tournament happening mm-hmm. at Navy Pier, which is just north of where the hotel is located. You can walk across the river and then out Navy Pier, which I did with the when it was 28 degrees. I'm sure it was much nicer this time of year with the carnival and everything running out there. Good restaurants and everything. If you get a chance to hang out out there, do it. So, let's see here. Uh, anyone want to stop and enjoy saying hi to the fans? Volley nerds, really? What does that mean? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I saw that comment. I don't Olsky know what Cowboy? I don't know. I don't know what it meant. Yeah, they didn't. I thought the guys would stop and sign some more stuff, but hashtag fans, hashtag volleyball heroes. Yeah. There you go. That's great, though. I love that they had that kind of reception when they got back to the hotel. I see what you're saying about the Dave Lee photo. You know what I'm saying, Kevin? <laughs> I mean, uh, huh. <laughs> you took it. I didn't even notice. No. And nobody else noticed. So what's Except for, for, except for I did. 68 people like that photo. <sighs> But good for we, if I remember correctly, the United States men's national team is the only undefeated team currently in World League. They were one of two going into the night. I don't know if somebody else lost. It's the impression I'm under. I didn't, let me look at yeah. that before. Yeah, I look, we'll look it up. False information. Well, the bottom line is that this team is awesome. Who, they are playing wonderful volleyball right now. Who started as uh, outsides? Out, outside, Sean Rooney started both matches. Okay. Along with... Taylor Sander. Okay. And then the opposite position still, Matt Anderson. Yep. And by the way, he's still, he's an elite outside hitter. Now he's becoming, at least for the moment, an elite opposite. I love it. He's crushing balls. Love it. Really neat to see. And then Michael Christensen setting, Dave Lee, Max Holt in the middle. Both matches. Only change came in match number two, partway through set number three, and that was... Paul Lottman coming in for Sean Rooney. Okay. Who was the libero? And the reason I pronounce it like that is because Nicole Davis pronounced it like that, and now I feel like I need to pronounce it like that. Libero? Libero? Libero. Libero? It's Italian. Okay. Well, libero, fine. I don't know. The way it's, it all freaks me out. It's not libro. Not libro. No, it's not libro. Correct. Libero. Sure. Okay. Eric Shoji. Okay. By the way, pens, just get out your pen. Okay. And put highlighter on it. Okay. Filling out your pie chart, your starting six for Rio. <laughs> He's my starter? He's your starter. Okay. Eric Shoji's a starter. Done. Penciled in, penned in, highlighted. Yep. Eric Shoji, 2016 roster. If we're working on the 2016 starting lineup today, Eric Shoji. Let me ask you this question. If the starting lineup that was in Chicago was our Rio starting lineup... Would you feel good about that? Hmm. I think we'd make the medal round. We could medal. Okay. 
Still going to have a hard time with Russia. Real Russia. Correct. Not fake Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got sort of fake Russia. A little bit. No, I, well, I still think we're going to get better as a team because they're still young. Well, you still, said today, though. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Today. Yeah. T- today we'd have a lot of problems with Russia still. And we'd probably probably match up fairly well against Italy. Okay. I think we have Serbia covered. I'm trying to think of who else we need to destroy. Brazil, unknown. So I'm saying we make the medal round. Yeah. Okay. So we make that four, yeah, the group yeah, of four, yeah. and from there, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, th- this group, boy, they're doing a nice job. They, it's just a nice group of athletes. They're playing some exceptional volleyball at times and playing a pretty high level at other times. You see the potential for sure. Right. They should have won in four. They shouldn't have won in three. They won the first two sets, night number two. Yeah, I saw the score. Was it? Set three that they got smashed? No, set three they almost stole. Set two they smashed. That's what it was. Serbia. They smashed. Yep. Twelve. Twenty-five. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. yeah twelve. I saw that. And you thought, okay, Serbia is a mess. Yeah, ball game. Serbia came back and played very well in the third set. Good for them. The United States nearly stole it at the end. The United States had a big comeback. Serbia, I think, took five set points to take it. Nearly stole it in three. So that's why I say they should have won it one in four. They should not have won in three. Yeah. Because Serbia nearly handed it to them. Set four, the United States should have won set four. They blew it in set four, let Serbia back in, let the emotion on the crowd and the half-Serb crowd get into it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wait till Bulgaria next week and off in the States. It'll be mostly bogeys. Unless the United States shows up. And I mean the fans. So then set five, another closely contested set. This was more... 15-13, if I remember correctly. This is what I was expecting night one. Because the thing going into night one, if you watch the broadcast on NBCSN, was this is a mirror image. The United States woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, and saw Serbia. Gotcha. They're very similar. They have some veteran experience. Yeah. They're a little bit undersized at the outside on, on one position. And they have some good young talent who's not afraid to swing at the ball. Similar. Yeah. The United States, night number one, just took it to Serbia. And it wasn't a case of Serbia playing poorly. It was the United States just... We Smashing. Just, we just beat. Yeah. They did a bunch of stuff that just took them out. So night number two, U.S. comes out in five, remains undefeated. Again, impressive. I'm, I'm totally impressed with this team. We have a little audio from these guys since I'm hanging around. Did you lock Spraw out of the gym again? I did not walk John Spraw out of the gym. Okay. I did put the vert machine back on. Thanks to vert for providing. That's really cool. That's really cool. So it was forty three point eight, and this is during the, you did, you have them wear it during warm ups, right? Not during the, the yeah. match. He went forty one five. Who? Sander. Uh, nice on a routine swing. Yeah, just like uh, not even la, jumping la, la, that high. Taylor Sander, flying high. But I had an opportunity to catch up with Taylor Sander right after the match, night number one against Serbia. So let's give a listen to Taylor Sander, young outside hitter. Just out of BYU. Player of the year in the MPSF. Player of the year in NCAA volleyball. Taylor Sander, first victory over Serbia here Friday night in Chicago. And Really? Seriously? Going to come in and 600, hit 600 again? That's a ridiculous start for you. Did you know you were this good? You know, Micah's put him in really good positions to be good. And, uh, you know, Matt draws a lot of attention on the, on the opposite. And then we got great middles. And so, you know, I'm getting really good swings. 
and uh, you know I'm just swinging with good principles and uh, it's working. Hey, obviously it's a team effort and all the things you yeah. just mentioned that are going on, but the ability for you to adjust speed-wise to the game, what's been the biggest adjustment for you coming from BYU to the national team? It's for sure passing and the, and the speed of the serves. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting better each week, I feel like, at passing. And that's going to be key for me on this team. You just signed in Verona, so you're going to Italy. What was it about that deal that you liked? You know, it's just a, a good opportunity for me to go get better. And uh, it's, it's a low-pressure environment as far as, you know, they, they're not expecting a lot uh, from our team. But, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to try and help them uh, you know, do really well. And so, you know, it's just a good place for me to go and get better. You've been warned. They're expecting a lot from you. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess that's why they wanted me there. All right, how about this team? You guys are off to a 5-0 and start. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, we're playing. I think we're getting better each week, and uh, we're working hard in practice, and some of those things that we're doing in practice are really, uh, you know, showing in the games, and our game plans have been spot on, and we've just been executing and serving tough, and so, I mean, we still have areas to improve on, uh, but we're looking forward to tomorrow night's match. It's always good when the coaches give you information that turns out to be right. Yeah. Tonight, you guys win 30-28 in the first set, tightly fought, kind of what I was expecting throughout the entire match, because you guys are very similar. But then you guys blew them out 20, and then the last set wasn't even close. What, from the scouting report, do you feel like really worked? You know, we just, I mean, they, were, they did good in the first set, and they were getting kills, making great swings, and we just stayed patient. And, uh, you know, they started to make some errors because we were in good spots on them. And so that was, that was key. We just stuck to our game plan the whole time, and it eventually worked for us. All right, I put the vert machine on you last week. It was 43.8. That was the highest number I got. What's the highest number you've recorded? You know, I haven't recorded it really. I mean, it was really low. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. And so it was like 37. But, uh, 37. I'd be interested to see during the game. But 43.8 is pretty good. Okay, will you wear the machine tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, I'll stick it on you warm up. I want 45 or higher. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't feeling very good before that Long Beach match, so uh, this week I feel much better. You're looking good. Keep up the work. Thanks, man. All right, Taylor Sander. Sounds like a good kid. You know what I like? What I really like is that he immediately credited his teammates. Yeah. Well, we said we stuck with the system. We kept playing the system. We were all in good positions. Matt's really good. Mike is really good. Which is all true, by the way. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, I, and I like that he's, he's thinking along those lines, and that's important to be thinking that way about your teammates. Mm-hmm. So Anderson also, one thing I noticed about Matt, who's being called on to do a lot more, right? He's being called on to do the, or, or take the role of a veteran. Anderson. Right. Not only in kills. Kills are the kills, but it's the other stuff. You watch the way he relates with his teammates. You watch the way he treats Taylor Sander, checking in with him before the match, checking in with him during the match. I've seen a couple of moments between the two of them. Really nice stuff from both these guys. They're both just good, good kids. I was wondering about that, about Matt. Is he old enough to be that veteran leader, especially now with Clay not in the gym and Reed not there right now? Like, Is Matt the guy the other players go to? Is he a vocal leader? Is he more just look at my actions type leader. I don't, I, I don't know that kind of stuff. I think he talks to people. Yeah. And it's, it's not crazy emotion, but he, he'll get emotional. Yeah. He's got a really nice, even keel to him. Okay. You know, I think back to my career where I was a little nuts all the time. Yeah. And while it was going well, that was all good and, and over the top, and you could feed on that. But 
but if it went bad. I could swing the other way. Yeah. And I have not seen that out of Matt. I have not seen him swing the other direction. He'll get quiet at times. I'm thinking back to 2012, things would get kind of quiet. But I, I think he's changing some of that. But we haven't seen him struggle this year. I have not seen him struggle. Yeah, so you wonder what adversity will be to them. I've said before, I wonder what happens when Taylor Sander, when a team figures him out. Because he's leading the tournament in percentage. Okay, but you don't think 15-13 in the fifth set is a little... It uh, doesn't necessarily mean things are going bad for you, but obviously if you're going 15-13 in the fifth, then everything you're doing isn't working. Yeah, but a close match is different than personal struggle. Okay. Like if you yourself aren't having a good match. Correct. Okay. If you're getting stuffed and the, the other team's kind of got your number and they've got you figured out, how are you going to react to that happening in front of you? Gotcha. Even if the team is winning. Yeah. But also, when the team is struggling, when the team is losing, when you're getting pounded, maybe you're on the other side of that and you're getting beat up pretty bad by the opponent. Mm-hmm. You're the one going down in three. Yep. We haven't seen that from this group yet, how they respond during that and also how they respond in the following match. And as a former player, do you subscribe to, I hear it said all the time, like if teams are undefeated and blah, blah, and coaches like, they don't, may not necessarily say it, but they're like, oh, you know, I would like to lose one before we get to the tournament, you know, especially in college basketball. I never want to lose. Okay. <laughs> I don't think losing is valuable. I think struggle is valuable. Yeah. Having to work to win, I think that's valuable. And I asked John Spraw that in the post-match interview, which I think only airs, although you may see part of it, in this next broadcast, but it really only airs for the world feed. If you're watching the world feed, you may have seen it. But I asked John about losing the fourth set and that maybe that's okay for his team. Is that a good thing? Yeah. And it is a good thing for them to struggle, for the other team to get emotion, for them to carry the day, meaning Serbia, to carry the day for that moment or carry the emotion of that set and then drive into the next set and watch how do these young guys respond. Yeah. So, yeah, some of that is good. You want, you want to see that. You need to see that. Same thing. When you're, when you're out there and a junior player, or if you're a parent of a junior player, and you're sending in videotape, mm-hmm. don't make it a highlight reel. You can have a highlight reel, but you had better have available a whole set. What does your player do when someone else gets blocked? Yeah. What does your player do when the team gives up three points? What does your player do when they get blocked? Yep. Anyone can put together a highlight reel and look at stats and go, yeah, this guy's hitting 300 or whatever and yeah. he's dominant. But how is he going to treat the rest of his teammates? The intangibles, if you will. And that's something that John values greatly. That's something that Doug didn't, didn't spend much time paying attention to. There were people on that team in 2000 who hated their life. Interesting. And that rubs off on everybody. Of course. And that became a very divisive thing for that 2000 team. Hmm. Fantastic group of volleyball players. Mm-hmm. Terrible team. Terrible functioning as a team. Interesting. So that matters. And John is, is focused on that kind of stuff. The blocking came to play in night number two. 18 stuffs, I think. Dave Lee had something like 11 points, only had five kills. Wow. Something close to that. Wow. Might be off by one or two. Now, you want him to have more attempts. Max Holt was hitting like 800. They just didn't give him the ball enough. They need to set more middle. I would set Max Holt against anybody. It doesn't matter to me. When you are running a fast offense, 
like our national team is and like I see other you know programs start to do too they usually I see a lot of you know quick sets to the outside whether it's the opposite or right. to our good friend Reed Pretty when you when it comes to the middle does that slow the pace down a little bit no so no, you can no. run a you can run a fast pace offense still coming through the middle. Oh, well, it's even faster to the middle. You know this. Quick set to the middle is yeah, even faster. Uh, David Lee and Taylor Sander had the same number of blocks on Saturday, according to BJ Evans. Yeah, that's also very gnarly. Taylor yep. Sander's part. Yeah, good good point. Producer BJ. Taylor Sander has great media training. Just go throw that out there. You're putting that out there? Yeah. Oh. yeah he did a good job in yeah. the interview. So I apologize. So quick, you can run a quick offense through the middle. Yeah, it is a quick. It's okay. a fast set you can run. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think setters get away from it. They start thinking the outside is the answer. Gotcha. As an outside hitter, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> As an outside hitter, I will take every single set. For instance, in the first set, Max Holt goes six for six. Six for six. The next set, I think he gets two attempts. He's one for two. The next set, he gets like three attempts. He's three for three. But you've got to get him the ball more. Dave Lee was two for three for most of that match. Two for three. And we were through, already through three sets. We were into the fourth set. He had one attempt per set. Do you think that could be a focus on by the team as well? Or maybe because Micah's still young, he's not necessarily... He's not sitting in the middle enough. Gotcha. Because you can put the ball in from 10 feet. I've seen him do it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Feet in okay. off position. I have no doubt that he can make that set. And I've seen him do it. You don't think David Lee goes up to him and is like, hey, bro. Okay, let me get another set or two. I don't think Dave does that. Interesting. Dave just keeps going and blocking balls. Okay. But look, I, I asked Dave Lee a question very similar to this. Okay. Let's hear from Dave Lee. This is right before night number two when he got five sets. Is this before you took the photo of him? No, this is the next night. Oh, okay. I'd already taken the photo. I can't, I, yes, Jeremy, I see it. <laughs> All right, Dave Lee. This is for the Net Live. Is that okay? Don't do that. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll air it somewhere else. All right. Dave Lee, just before night number two against Serbia here in Chicago, you know, UIC Pavilion. Uh, crowd that filled in last night, and it was kind of rocking by the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it took him some time. I mean, there wasn't a ton of people here, but there was a few plays, a few key moments where uh, the crowd was fired up, and it helped us. I mean, we need that, that extra little energy push because uh, there's not a ton of energy in, in the U.S., at our home games, which is kind of sad, but it's good to see it here. It's more more unusual to have Long Beach the way it was last week. What do you guys gain when that's going on, when Long Beach was partying, particularly Saturday night? I mean, yeah, you, you, you feel like you have home court advantage. I mean, it's pretty rare that we get that feeling in the U.S., so it helps us tremendously and uh, just with our energy level on the court. What do you think you guys did well yesterday against Serbia that, that kind of took them out of their rhythm after that first set? I think we passed really well. I think we beat them in that aspect of the game, and that's kind of the key to our success is passing the ball. Tell me about playing with these young guys. You've been through uh, quite a few cycles of guys now, some old guys, kind of the middle range of your career, and now you're the old guy. Yeah, the new guys are good, man. I mean, Taylor Sonder, Micah Christensen, these kids are going to be a part of the program for a long time, and it's good to see some, some new fresh talent that's going to make an impact in the future. What can you teach them with your years on the team? I can hopefully teach them how to hit overpass now and then, which I've, I've blown in the past. But just uh, this game experience, I mean, how to keep calm in big situations. and uh, Yeah, that's probably the main thing. You ever walk in with your gold medal on? 
No, but I should. And just say, respect <laughs> me. Bow down, yeah. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? That might happen soon. What adjustments do you expect from Serbia tonight? I mean, they, they didn't play very well last night. I expect them to hit their serve real hard, um, to make some little plays that they blew last night as far as defensively and some, some missets in transition. I can see them just being cleaner in just about every aspect of the match. When, you get aggra- or when the passing goes bad, do you ever get aggravated with the inability to set you in, in situations because of the serving and passing? Uh, most definitely. I mean, there's certain points where you're just kind of out of the game offensively, and that's hard, and you have to think about uh, just the other parts of the game, defense, serving, blocking. I mean, that has to be more of your, your, uh, the idea of what you can actually impact the game with other than just attacking. So, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. All right, put on your Nostradamus hat here. Give me a, a game score tonight, set score. I'm in 3-1 USA. Thanks, dude. Go. There you go, Dave Lee. Right before night number two. You, you heard him. Yeah, it is frustrating. Well, I like uh, that he was honest about it as opposed to giving the PC answer. It's a frustrating night for Dave Lee offensively. Three sets through three sets. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. And uh, if that's one, if there's an area where Micah can improve, there's a few. That's one of them. You've got to use the middle more. Because by the, the middle of that fourth set, fifth set, they were completely ignoring David. Who on Spross staff is, works with the setters? They have a lot of people that are coming in, like Mike Seeley's been coming in and working with them. I know Lloyd Ball's been in and out working with them. Hildebrand is, Hildebrand is yeah. there, right. That's a lot, of, okay. a lot of good setting. All right. But it's tough as a young player to apply everything you're being told to what's happening on the floor. Because sometimes it's too much information to process, too much. right? Yeah. And what happens is with everybody's career, they always talk about maturity. What happens is things that you had to think about before become automatic. Things you had to consciously do yeah. during the match yeah. become automatic and leaves you to focus on the smaller things. Yeah. It's not as though you come to the game and you can, you have, you're unaware of what it takes to be great lots of times, right? Even after a year or two years in the program, you know what those things are. Yeah. The problem is being able to focus on the minute aspects of those things in the moment. And you gain that over time because, let's say, passing, for instance. Yeah. The passing skill. There's a 100% of the passing skill. You might come in with 40% of it. Already, you don't even think about it. You just do. Yeah. Then on the national team for a couple of years, you know what that 100% looks like. But maybe you've gotten to 70%. Yeah. And now that 70% is automatic. The idea is to eventually get to where 90% of it is automatic and you're just playing with the last 10% of your attention. Correct. And now you're really in that proficient zone where you are able to execute, execute, execute. And that's why nothing seems to affect you. Pressure, circumstance, anything. Because you never think about it anyway. Yeah. You just do. Or you've been through it. X amount of times, and you know how to handle it at that point. And that's how you gain yeah. that, that ability. Well, that's something about Micah, too. He's going to be a senior this year. He'll Correct. be a senior in college. He'll be a senior in college, so he doesn't even... This is his real first international experience, correct? No, he set for World uh, Grand Champions Cup last year. Last year, okay. So he has that, that was his first. But no like full season, he hasn't gone overseas for a full volleyball season to play no. for a uh, another country. Like He doesn't have that experience yet. No, and he so won't. I'll be curious to see what it's going to be like when he gets that experience under his belt. He'll be better. He'll be even better. All those guys will be even better. Of course. Let's take a break here on the Net Live. We still have... Angie Akers coming up from the World Series of Beach Volleyball. We have some more audio from this week's 
World League. We'll talk about Beach, NVL, ATL, FIVB, MOS, and then NVL versus AVP. So there's, man, there's a lot of acronyms coming up in this program. I hate program. saying versus because I feel like they're like a steel cage death match. Sort Which I'm of. sure a lot of people would pay to see. Sort of. Steel cage death match. Albert Hanneman versus Donald Sun. I think I'm going to pick differently there than I'm going to pick in the business side of things. <laughs> I'm going to have a little different pick if it were actually, if it were actually trial. Fisticuffs? Trial by combat. Trial by combat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope you've been getting out and visiting 68clothingcompany.com. It is a new men's apparel company out of Seattle, Washington. We met them this year at convention. They took a, a leap of faith and showed up at convention, set up a booth, and they are in. You've seen them in Volleyball Magazine. They design and produce casual clothing for the tall and athletic man. Thank goodness. Finally, tall people aren't fat, and especially in the volleyball community. They can't skydive with their shirts. No more do you have to wear a shirt that's twice as wide as it needs to be just because you're tall. Don't push your jeans down to dangerously low levels because your inseam is out of the norm, okay? Don't roll up the sleeves on your shirt because it's just a bad look. Make sure the sleeves are long enough. This is what 6'8 is doing for you. Dress well, live tall, 6'8 Clothing Company. Now, this is available on Amazon as well as 6'8ClothingCompany.com. That is the number 8 inside that web address. And if you put in TNL10, I know we're throwing all kinds of acronyms at you. TNL10 gets 10% off your order over there at 6'8. So support them because they support this program. We'll be right back with more NetLive. I move with my head, I open my mouth and it's so 
Congos, baby. Did your wife tell you that? No. Don't lie. I got this from 98.7. It actually has been getting Best new of song of the year this week back like four or five months ago. It's been getting a lot of play recently. Yeah. It's really picked up. Welcome back to the Met Live, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks to Volleyball Magazine for their support of the program. Thanks to you, the listener. Whether you're getting us on demand at VB Mag's site and getting us on Blog Talk Radio or picking us up via iTunes, we appreciate you listening to this show. I had a good question from Texas Troll. Do you think a different coach uh, could have gotten different results or been able to create a different environment with the 2000 team that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, and of course. It's always different with a different coach. And whenever I'm talking here about Doug Beal, don't think I'm destroying Doug Beal. I have a lot of respect for Doug. Yeah. I think he's doing a tremendous job. As CEO, he, and just look at the numbers. Just oh, look yeah. at the numbers of USA Volleyball. Yep. The budget, the money that, that they have, the income that they have, what they've done with that organization since he's been CEO. Tremendous job by Doug Beal. They're always, if, I think if you're growing in your life, you always look back at certain situations and wish they had been handled differently or wish things had been different at the time because that's showing that you are maturing and progressing and learning more as a person. And I think I wish some of those some things had been valued a bit more at the time. I think it would have helped me as a young man. And anytime I, I throw in the 2000 team, throw them under the bus, I am throwing myself in there with them. I'm casting myself underneath the tires of the bus. Uh, Texas Troll State was asking about coaching styles. I still think it's the same answer. You're going to get a different result. Doug's an old school guy. No, it's just who he is. And I think he changed by the end of 2004. He had changed a little bit, and kudos to Hugh McCutcheon for doing that. I thought Hugh and Carl McGowan brought in more influence. Mm -hmm. And I think Marv Dunphy had been working on it a bit, uh, leading to 2000. But I I think Doug had seen some of those other things and was adapting a bit at that time. Well, I think that's a sign of a good coach, too, to be able to adapt, because some guys just stick to their guns and like, this is what we're going to do. I don't care what anybody else says. So I think that's a sign of a good coach, especially if your personnel changes. You need to change and, and the your time offense to it, too. Like yeah. if John currently now has a setter, let's say, that can't set that fast-paced system, then you're either going to need to get a new setter or you need to change your system. You well, know? look at where John is in taking over this program as well. If you look at Doug, when he took the program in 1997, they were coming off a disaster yeah. in 96. Yeah. They were coming off of some controversy in 92, bronze medal, but that team had largely fallen apart from 92 through 96. It was some young guys, and and the organization was in turmoil. Doug took a job nobody else wanted at the time. It was all young guys, man. We were rebuilding with just a few pieces. Really tough job. You look at the job that John takes over. He takes over a team that won the gold medal just five years before. Yep, and went on a pretty good run at the Olympics this last time. He's familiar already with the players. He'd already been in the gym with them. Right. Now, he takes over a rebuilding program as well. Correct. But he takes over one that has a better feeder system than 1997. Yes. From the collegiate ranks. And we'll see what happens when they struggle. Much the way I said what happens when somebody figures out Taylor Sander, what does he do? What does this team do when they struggle a little bit? We'll see. We'll see. Things right now are going exceptionally well. But things are always going to be different. Yeah, if you, if you take me now, my, my personality and me, stick me in the body of Kevin Barnett in 1997, I'm a far better player. 
Oh, of course. Far better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all the physicality that I had then and none of the stupidity. Well, maybe just a little bit of the stupidity left, but not nearly as much. So, yeah, you can always play this hindsight game, and you hope that that you don't look back and go, I've made no progress. Well, I think that's when you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have done things differently because you have progressed. Right. It's yeah. not regret. It's it's reality. Correct. <laughs> it's, yep. it's perspective. Uh-huh. I, I get the handicap hotel rooms for some reason quite a bit. I got one when I was in uh, St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah. Hand, handrails. It's strange. Could have rolled into the shower. I like that. I like the handicap. The bathroom is enormous, but there's no counter space. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and and you can open things automatically, and hallways are wide. It's, uh, it's an interesting thing to get a handicap hotel room. I like the shower a lot. I feel bad, though, because I feel like, what if, like, do they have no more rooms left, and that's why I got that room? Or what if somebody who actually needs that room shows up? I don't know. They've got to have a couple. It's like handicapped spaces at the store. They're yeah. never full. They're never full. Yeah. There's not enough handicapped people out in the world. Maybe they're shut-ins. I don't know. But they're not out there in the world enough to fill up all the handicapped spots that are available. Gotcha. So, Still sitting parking it, though. I can't park in it. You get a huge ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Did you watch any of the NBA Finals? A little bit. Um, last night, I was uh, doing some stuff around the house, and the game was on, and I saw that the Spurs were up 20 in the third, and I was like, that's it. Yeah, I, I missed knew, yesterday. I knew that was it. Knew that was it. What I don't like, that's going to happen. Everybody's going to be piling on LeBron like it's his fault. But, and basketball is a team game. I don't wait, care how good you are as an individual. Wait. It's a team game. LeBron's fault? Hold on. L- let me pull up his stats. I read his stat line this morning. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's his fault, but it is a, I don't care how good you are as an individual. It is a team sport. Right. You can't win it by yourself. And right. the Spurs showed that. They played as a team. Oh, man. Awesome to watch. Yeah. I think Miami, as old as the Spurs are, they still had some younger talent. Miami, just their bench didn't help them at all. And Dwayne Wade has been injured. And by the way, going to the finals four years in a row, that's not something to uh, take lightly either, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I've been to five flag football Super Bowls and only won one, but we've been in the Super Bowl five times. Hey, hey, that's what I'm saying. Lost again this week. That's a drink, by the way. In overtime. Yeah. Sucked. Here. His stat line. Game five. 31 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 2 blocks, 1 turnover. 17 points and 6 boards in the first quarter. That's not bad. (laughs) That's insane. They came out in the first quarter and it looked like, okay, we're not going to – we have some fight left in us. And then the Spurs were like, okay. And they came out in the second quarter on fire. Spurs were off. And then that was it. And that was it. Look. Kawhi Leonard is now apparently a superstar. Kobe Bryant – if it was him, he'd have 47 points, two assists, five rebounds, <laughs> eight turnovers, and no blocks. And they would lose. And they'd lose. Yeah. That's, that line is, LeBron James is not to blame for anything. No, 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 no. The Spurs were a better team. That's the bottom line. He says, obviously, I didn't do enough. <laughs> okay. What was the final score? They got smashed. They what? got smashed like three games in a row. 87. So he's got more than a third of their points. Can't be like that. 35% of their points. Can't be like that in the NBA. It's a team, team game. Where, uh, Dwayne Wade said he's not hurt. I think he's lying. Of course he's lying. He looked he looked terrible in game four. His knee, I mean, his knees are like your knees. 
Yeah. He shouldn't be out there. But he's still making millions of dollars. Yeah, I would be out there, too. Just can't see Yeah, I'd still be playing. Yeah. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard is unbelievable. That dunk in game four, where he came from the three-point line. Yeah. Smashed it home. Yeah. That was awesome. On all of you. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, it's uh, Kaboom Leonard. I'm happy for the Spurs. I, um... Duncan has five rings now, by the way. The quietest five rings ever. Ever. Nobody even knows. When's the last time you saw Tim Duncan in a commercial? Nope. Just in the lead-ins to Spurs. I've never seen him. Wonder if he has any... Why doesn't he have a deal with Campbell's Soup? If he has any sponsors for anything. Campbell's Soup? I don't know. Something about Island Spice? I don't know. Capitalize on the St. Lucia thing or wherever he's from, right? Here... Bahamas tourism. Here's the, and I'm not. I don't wish anybody losing or anything. But and it's not a knock on LeBron. But here's why I'm kind of glad he didn't win a three-peat because they'd be like, oh, he's as good as Jordan. He's doing the same stuff Jordan did. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. blah. And I don't like. I, it's like I don't want to compare them because Jordan. Here's the only stat you need to know, Kevin. Yeah. Jordan made it to the NBA Finals six times. Yep. Won all six times. Correct. Never went to a Game 7 in the finals and was the MVP all six times. Correct. That's the only argument I need. LeBron is two for five. Correct. Right? Yep. In the finals. Yep. And let's also say, and this is, LeBron has no control over this, but this season, and especially the season he went to the finals with the Cavs, were the easiest marches to the finals ever. They didn't play anybody. With the Cavs. Or Miami this year in the playoffs. Well, the Eastern Miami, Conference is terrible. Yeah, if Miami was in the West this year, they wouldn't have made the finals. And this went seven last year with the Spurs. Yeah, Spurs should have won game six. Should have won. Except for they got a rebound and Ray Allen hit a three. Right. Yeah. Ray Allen, 47 years old. Yep. Well, congratulations to the Spurs. I was impressed Yeah. with their team play. For sure. Volleyball-esque. Passing. It's a team. I don't care how good you are as an individual. And Greg Popovich, your your media presence borders on hilarious at this point. Used to be annoying. Now it's just hilarious. It was so bad that now it's funny. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it's, you it's felt swung the bad other way. reporters talking to him. J.A. Adonde getting the smashdown. Yeah, that point. now it's like, now the reporters want to get yelled at by Popovich because it's like a badge of honor. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, unfortunately, I'm kind of mad with the NBA and with the NHL because they have ushered in the dog days of sports TV programming. Now it's all volleyball, bro. Well, volleyball and motocross for me. Drink. I'll find stuff to watch, but there aren't finals. There aren't championships. Correct. There'll be World League finals, but it's a flash in the pan compared to NBA and NHL. Now it's all true blood on HBO. Catching up I got to start on that. Catching up on any other seasons you need to catch up on. There's a lot. There's a lot of good TV I have not watched. I just need more TV time in my life. Yeah. Should I, maybe I should stop working out entirely and just watch television. <laughs> not sure that would work out for no. me long term. But welcome to the dog days, people. Welcome. That's why they're going to tune into the show. Listen to us. United States, 6-0 and World League. Just think about that. Just just put that in your summer hat. Your summer your summer pipe. Smoke, Smoke it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't get off that Dave Lee, Dave Lee picture. It's distracting me now. <laughs> i got to find something else to look at. <laughs> Telling you. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna search for FIAB and I'm gonna look at the World League standings because I yeah, I think you might be right. It might be the only undefeated team. Are you going to the FIAB website because it's gonna take you a half hour? I yeah, you may as well find something else to talk about while I search their website. I can talk for about anything you want to talk about. Let's talk about the NBL. They were in, They were in wherever. NBL was in Atlanta this past weekend. Mm-hmm. They uh, I think it was the first of their. I hope I get this right, like their Saturday Night Lights thing. I think some of their events, like they're having the final Saturday evening under lights, and then afterwards they have a little um, little partay with your boy Kelly James. I don't know if you know this, Kevin. Did they pay for him? Wow. They, he, I think, if I remember correctly, he signed a two-year deal with the NBLs doing like their theme song and um, goes to these night to these night events and they do a little after party afterwards. Dude, I want to go. Yeah. I wanted to have Kelly James at my 40th. I just didn't want to pay the freight. Yeah, Saturday night another offer. Saturday night lights is what they're referring to it as. Saturday night lights. Saturday yeah. night lights. Yeah. So they have their uh, finals Saturday evenings both men and women. How come I can't get to the NBL home on their webpage? I don't know. And uh BVB info doesn't have it for some reason, but I believe Priscilla Lima won again this past weekend. That would be, she would now be two for two on the NBL. Do we have any pictures from the concert here? Somebody put, look on their Facebook page. Oh, I'd go to Facebook for it? Just saying, bro. This is how volleyball works. Like, this is good radio because this tells you exactly how the volleyball world works. I should go to Spike Town. Maybe it's on Spike Town. Spike Town. There we go. I don't know. Not filling in time. Cam's favorite Canadians won again, too. The Canucks? Uh, sure. It's my phone, sorry. But Josh Binstock, partner whose name is... Could it come wow. To Sam... Oh, man. I Schechter! Yeah, thank you. Schechter. Oh, yep. I think it's Schechter. And Josh Binstock, yeah? Yep. Priscilla Lima and Caroline Sowala. Correct. From Poland? I believe so. Wow, you can get a Brazilian and a, Poland, a Polish player together. I kind of like that. It's fun. Oh, we've got an Albert Hanneman video on here. I need some pictures. I need some pictures of the event. I need some pictures of Kelly James. Great radio. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Kelly James from uh, Geeter's 40th birthday fame. <laughs> that's only where, fame, that's yeah. where everybody knows him from, just from Geeter's 40th. That's right. Here, let's, uh, <laughs> let's pub Kelly James a little bit. Okay. Because I think he's solid. Like I like me some Kelly James. And uh, you might, too. Yeah, put it on here. Kelly James, here you go. I don't really care if you don't even miss me. If you're gonna attend an NBL event, you can get a chance to listen to this man. That's what you get. We had a lot of love, at least I think we did. But you would never have known it the way we call it quiz. We got the mutual friends, it's kinda awkward with them. It's never mutual when everything just comes to an end. You got a new but that's what you do. Yeah. The Recent Future by Kelly James. Just stand on a rooftop. Yes, the National Volleyball League has signed popular singer-songwriter Kelly James to a two-year deal to be the official voice of their league. I like it. I like it a lot. All the matches are free, free on demand at NVL Network. Here we go. Available on demand. Yeah. 
I like what they're, what they're trying to do here with the NVL. Now, NVL versus AVP. Which we may have to come back to that momentarily because Angie will be calling. Yeah. We'll get a further discussion of it. Suffice to say, they're, they're, there's some fighting happening between the two, right? The NVL is partnered with Rocks Volleyball. Mm-hmm. And Rocks Volleyball CEO posted something on the Rocks website um, about how disappointed they were that the AVP, which had to move their Huntington Beach event due to the FIVB rescheduling to the same weekend the NVL is in Hermosa Beach. So now there is a AVP, AVP Huntington Beach event the same weekend as an NVL Hermosa Beach event. Much to the consternation of many people. Including Correct. the CEO of Rocks Volleyball, which is understandable. Um, I, I get it. I get that you're upset, but it's competition. It's war, right? Does the AVP even care what the NVL is doing? I highly doubt it. And talking about the contracts that players have had to sign. Um, let's put a pin in that. Okay. Are you ready? No. Come on, Kevin. There's intro music, so you better be ready. Dude, <laughs> you're killing me right now. Well, you're the professional here, Kevin. You should why, don't you, why don't you do these? I, 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 I'm, that's not what I do, Kevin. This is not what you do? No. Why is my phone ringing? What, what's happening right now? <laughs> Hold on. Re- we need a reset, oh, please. Reset. Angie, I know you can hear us. You're still on mute. And Kevin's, Look at this. We got, Kevin's we got, phone's ringing in the background. He wasn't ready for your intro. I was busy trying to find information about volleyball on the internet, which is always a problem. Should I fax you something? Should the fax machine go off too? <laughs> like, can we open the windows and have the trash truck roll can by? Can the trash truck like drive in? Jeez, because that would be helpful. Where are your kids? They're usually running around saying somebody hit them in the penis. <laughs> Thank goodness they're not here. Where are your children, Kevin? They haven't been here since uh, as soon as I walked in the door. Like they walked out, and I haven't seen them since. Did she really work at Lehman Brothers? Is that accurate, Man, uh, Andy? Yeah, we're gonna find out. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let me get let me get to something where we can give her the appropriate <laughs> intro here. I don't have her her. She has a real job, Kevin. Can't I, be having her own. Hold I don't have time. it memorized here. <laughs> Went international with Nicole Brano last year. Look at that. Can I find some wins here? Just talk about Notre Dame. She'll be happy. Oh, right on. <laughs> All right. Out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, a volleyball hotbed, home of Loy Ball, home of our next guest, six feet tall, went to Notre Dame, played her collegiate ball, near touchdown Jesus. One of the most shredded volleyball athletes you have ever seen in your life, .001% body fat, could bench press you and then throw you over a wall like a keg in the strongman competition. She finished second many times on the tour, has a variety of top-flight partners. Played from 2002 all the way through 2013, and then had to go back to the real world. According to Wikipedia, she worked for Lehman Brothers. We're going to have to check in on that. To find out about that. <laughs> Maybe the financial collapse of 2008 put her back in beach volleyball. We don't know, but she's out now, but not gone, working for the World Series of Beach Volleyball. She was at the Volbeque and supporting some indoor stuff that's happening as well. Welcome to the program, Angie Akers. Angie. Hi, guys. You are hilarious. And nope. do you know how yes. much torture yeah. it is being on mute Angie? listening to you talk about me? No, nope. turn the volume up. <laughs> what did you do, Kevin? Did you turn the volume down? No, no. 
Sorry, you, sorry, I, sorry, Angie. Kevin's just ruining the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I hear you. Now you hear me? There we go. Sorry, Angie, oh, for I all the confusion. Oh, no, not this again. Are you listening to it on a speakerphone? No, and the computer? no, I'm not. Interesting. No, no, just the phone. Just the phone. Oh, man. Weird. This hasn't happened in forever. Here's yeah. what we're going to do. Angie, you're going to hang up and then call us right back and see if that gets the echo away from okay. you. Okay. 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 This, this, is, a good, this, this is great, great radio. Great radio. Right. This is like old call. Call us right back. You know what this is? This is vintage NetLife. Yeah, what, what's happening? Angie Akers, what would be a part of vintage NetLife? Is she, did she just Casey Patterson the show? Maybe. He's the only guy to ever blow us off the air entirely. He literally said boom, and like <laughs> the system shut down. That was it. That was awesome. I'm not sure what kind of uh, super galactic powers Casey Patterson has. But yeah, he managed to actually destroy the show. That was supposed to be Hugh McCutcheon. And we haven't had Hugh since. Coincidence? All right, Angie's back. Okay. Angie, how's the echo? Am I still muted? No, you're off now. Like we can hear you. Oh, there's oh, like a, there's one, like a second one second delay with, delay with my, with my um, like repeat. Like repeat. Yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. <laughs> it's really hard to talk if if you're getting repeated back to yourself. All right, Angie. It is. I'm gonna try and put up. Okay. All right. I hope I hope we can get through this. I, the last time this happened, I think, was with John Spraw a couple of years ago. When it was oh, as bad no, of an echo. No. And I've had it happen, too, doing broadcasts. It is horrendous, where you hear yourself but slowed down a second later. It's really, really tough. Great radio. All right. Angie, did you work for Lehman Brothers? That's the first thing I need to know. I absolutely did. Yes. What, what did you do at Lehman Brothers? I was there from 2000 through 2001, and I was... An administrative assistant, but I also got my Series 7 license, and I worked on a trading desk. Um, with, it was a small group. There were only, I think, 10 of us, um, and we managed billionaires' money. I mean, it was, it was wild. It was, you know, back in the day where expense reports were 30 grand for dinners, and um, our clients, you know, I, I held a $4 billion bond in my hands. I mean, it was nuts. It was a totally different experience. 30K for dinner. I mean, this sounds like Wolf of Wall Street type times. Why leave? I don't understand. Well, because I was the one behind the desk watching all this stuff happen. I wasn't out there making it happen or having fun with it. I was, you know, tracking it all on the computer and um, doing all the boring stuff. Okay. Okay. So, so you're just sitting there watching it happen. You're getting the bills for the steak dinners and the strip clubs and whatever else. You're not getting the Ferraris. You're not making twenty million dollars a year. I, I could see no, why. No, I'm chained to the desk and you know, like looking out my window. It was actually the thirtieth floor at the Bank of America building in San Francisco. Gorgeous view of the entire city, and just longing to be anywhere but in a desk you know, inside a building. So right. then you weren't getting the Ferraris or the $2 billion a year and you decided to go play beach volleyball. <laughs> I did, and that's almost exactly how it happened. So Jeremy, my husband, was playing football at the time and he, he was playing in the XFL and had a bad injury and decided that, uh, you know, we really could move anywhere at this point. Um, Jamie Lee, who was my college roommate, she calls me up and says, hey, do you want to try playing beach volleyball? And I took one second and said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So within a month, 
Jeremy and I had packed up our entire apartment and we moved from San Francisco to Long Beach. And I was bound and determined to never go back to sitting in an office and um, and played on the beach and, you know, was determined to make it work, and I did. Jamie Lee came to the national team same time I did, trying out for the women's team. She has some strong calves. <laughs> Jamie Lee, I think she's half <laughs> Korean, half half American, right? Or half uh, Caucasian. She's She's always had the most envious legs, but um, no, she. Her, I think her dad is a quarter Chinese and uh, three quarters Hawaiian. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I knew it was a mix, and she's a. Uh, she's she was funny on the national team back then. Man, oh man. All right, so Angie, you moved down. You decided to play beach volleyball, and this is when beach volleyball was just coming back. It had just kind of had a rebirth with Leonard. What were those early years like on the tour? It was so interesting. It was the very first year that women were part of the AVP. Um, and, you know, being a, a rookie, and I had, to be honest, I had never watched a single beach volleyball match. I had never followed along. I had never played. So, I mean, it was a completely new experience for me. Having grown up in Indiana, I never even attempted to play in the band. So, you know, I, I move out not knowing what the heck I'm getting myself into. And John Sparrow was actually one of the very first people who I ever played with in the sand. Um, as the story goes, my very first practice, Jamie and I go down to the beach, and she had made friends with John Sparrow, so she, she calls him up and says, hey, do any of your guys um, from the team, I think he was the assistant coach at UCLA at the time, she asked if any of the guys would be interested in helping us out and just kind of coming down to the beach and and teaching us a thing or two. And, and John said, well, I don't know about the guys, but I'll come down and I'll bring my roommate. And his roommate happened to be Jeff Nygaard. So the four of us go down there, and this is my first time in the sand, and they were so incredibly nice and helpful. Jeff at that point was like, you know, I've got time. He's like, I'll coach you. So he ended up coaching me three days a week for the next, like, eight months. And, um, you know, the, I think John Sparrow the first time, he's like, oh, nice girl, but she'll never make it because I had been running marathons. I had no vertical. I couldn't move in the sand. I mean, it was a complete disaster. But I was not going to go back to office work, so I was going to do whatever it take, whatever it took to make it work. And uh, luckily, um, I found a way. That's funny. Nygaard, it's so a great in, story. In between Jeff Nygaard logging shifts at the Home Depot for his then O job, yes. he would come down and coach on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, is, that is fantastic. All right, yeah. so Angie, you go, you go through an, an entire AVP career. You, you build yourself up into a, a solid beach volleyball player. What was that process like, going from nothing to being a regular on the tour? How long did it take? Did you think about quitting at some point? Um, what, what were the really tough parts of taking yourself from a desk jockey marathon runner to an elite beach volleyball player? Well, I'll tell you, I never for one second considered quitting because from that first day, I fell in love with the sport and never looked back um, until, you know, my body kind of given out on me. But just, you know, I was so eager to learn and grow and get better, and I always knew, like, there was – for me, when somebody tells me I can't do something, the first thing I'm going to go out and do is go try and do it. You know, I had an ACL reconstruction when I was in college, and, and the doctor told me, you know, I shouldn't run or do anything. So what do I do? I go out and run a few marathons. So I just I have a, a hard 
time with people telling me I can't do something. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, I could could hear kind of people saying like, oh, she won't do it. Oh, this is nice. It's just a fun little thing, but I don't think she'll ever make it. And that just fueled my fire. And luckily I have the most supportive, amazing husband on the face of the earth, and he was just by me every single step of the way, pushing me, supporting me. If I, you know, a, a few winters in California, I went to Australia and I'd play on their tour down there. So I was playing all year round. And I think I did that. Um, I went down there four times, but um, I always find, found a way to play all year round. And I think I played for eight years straight, just never really taking a break, anything more than a, a few weeks here or there. And um, I don't know, like I just, I just had this burning desire to make it work. And it just never, that flame never really went out. And the the challenge of playing this game is, I mean, I feel like no matter what level you're at, you always have something to learn just because of the elements and just the in- intricacies of the sport, the ball never coming to rest. And there's just always something to learn from every different unique experience and weather or different depths of sand or different partners and all that different stuff that um, it just always kept me challenged and interested in playing. Awesome. I see your Boston Marathon time here is three hours, 23 minutes. And, and I love the, the idea that somebody tells you you can't do it and that fuels you to the point where you, you go, yeah, watch this. Yeah, suck on that. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> I like that attitude. Um, so you said your body kind of gave up on you. What, what kind of finally forced you to decide that you were going to rejoin the real world? Well, the last few years I've had, you know, just herniated discs in my neck and um, bum knees that were just slowly like, you know, the arthritic feelings that, you know, most of us go through, just kind of creeping up. And um, it just kind of, you know, I could feel my body getting older and starting to fail me where it never had before. And a year ago, I twisted my knee and I ended up tearing my meniscus from my meniscal root. And it wasn't a very common injury that my doctor had seen before other than with ACL tears and more significant injuries. Um, But for some reason, whatever I did, I mean, I was able to do some crazy injury um, and keep my ACL intact. Um, But I ended up having two surgeries on it. The first one was last June because I was so anxious and eager to play uh, on the 2013 AVP tour. and I think I, you know, I told my doctor going into the surgery, look, I have six weeks until season. Like, what, if there's anything really serious in there, don't fix it. I want to play in six weeks no matter what. So just get me to the point where I can play. So he's like, great, okay, no problem, I'll do that. And then if there's anything more significant, we'll go in later and take care of it. So he fixed it up, stabilized it. Um, the part that had torn from the root flipped under itself, so he kind of flipped it back and trimmed up and just kind of made everything feel stable again. And I was able to start rehabbing within two weeks, and I played in the first tournaments and just kind of worked my way into, into the season. Um, but it was very difficult. I mean, when your body just doesn't do what you know it at one point could do it's just mentally it's it's really tough um but then towards the end of the season with like maybe three tournaments to go i think that that piece had flipped under itself again 
and it just the whole meniscus started shifting just a little bit, but to the point where it was causing so much havoc, I just couldn't take it anymore. So in December, we went back in, and the doctor repaired it. And when I came out of the surgery, we were kind of expecting maybe like a month on crutches and, and you know, something pretty easy. But when uh, when I woke up, he, he said it's going to be a really long recovery because of the type of suture he had to do. He had to do like a figure eight reattachment back to the root. And, you know, it was something kind of similar to like a microfracture. And um, he just said nothing's going to heal us but time. And it's just going to, you know, scar tissue has to build up. It's got to solidify and, and just get strong again. And there's really nothing you can do about it. So uh, I sat on my butt for three months going absolutely crazy. And at that point, too, I was getting injections to help with the, like, arthritic stuff in the front. Um, and, you know, I just started thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm destroying my body, and and it's all just because I'm afraid of what's next. But at some point, I have to face what's next. So what better time than now? And um, so I started putting my resume together and, and decided to take the plunge. Yeah, that whole story is very familiar to me. <laughs> I've gone through that entire thing with your knees just failing you and you feeling like it's not going to get any better and you don't know what else you're going to do. That's, that is... Uh, that is not something that's easy to deal with. So you found yourself in that situation, but it appears you've found a way, as I eventually have, to sort of stay here but do something else. How did the opportunity with the uh, World Series of Beach Volleyball come about? Well, Holly McPeak's a very good friend of mine, and she's always my mentor, and I've always looked up to her so much. So through everything, like she's always, you know, I've always been able to talk to her and just like you know share with her how I'm feeling and get advice and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, when I told her I was thinking of getting a job, she immediately said, well, Leonard needs help on the World Series. You can stay in the sport and still help it grow and, and be a part of it. And so she's like, just come meet with him. So I did, and we had a great conversation, and I started the next week. So it was all very quick. It happened very yeah, fast. Yeah. And Easiest job ever. <laughs> Easiest transition. Selling a sports that I know. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so what is your position then? I'm the social media manager, so I'm basically behind the Twitter account, the Facebook account, and um, helping to you know create some different content and, and all that fun sort of stuff and, and help build the excitement for the event that's going to be absolutely incredible in July. I saw recently you guys posted the uh, some of the artists that will be participating in the event this year, if you'd like to talk about them. Yeah, so we've got some exciting um, musical performances. Um, a lot of these bands have songs right now in, like, the top ten on the Billboard charts, and they're definitely songs you've heard of. You may not have heard their name, um, the name of the band, but you've definitely heard their songs because they're getting a lot of airtime on the radio. Um, but they're really excited to come out, and the music's going to be um, just mixed in with the volleyball and the whole vibe of the event is going to be just so much fun. Like we're really working hard to make it a beach fest that is just, you know, celebrating everything Southern California lifestyle and just make it interactive and fun and, and just really a unique, amazing experience. The venue of Long Beach seems to be a good one. The events I've been down to there, you can serve beer on the beach. The stands are good. The, the ability to get there 
is far superior than a lot of other places, including the South Bay, where you have to there's, take a choked 405. There's parking in Long Beach? Yeah, there's actual parking right next to the event. Uh, th- this seems to be, I, don't, I think, the perfect venue for it. What, what kind of feedback did you guys get from last year, or did you hear about they got from last year based on the location? Well, I think a lot of people, you know, they prefer the South Bay, but when you get down to it, all those different components that you just said with the parking, with the, I mean, we've got a beer and alcohol license for the entire venue. I mean, where else can you do that? I mean, as far as all those those different things that go into play, it is the perfect location. And Long Beach has so much to offer. Um, I just feel like there's, you know, it might be a hassle for some people to get down there, but once you're there, you fall in love with it. And, you know, it's a beautiful shoreline, and there's um, great, amazing restaurants and, you know, the aquariums there and all the different Long Beach landmarks and the Queen Mary, all that different kind of stuff. It just makes for a really unique, great event. Yeah, people from the South Bay need to get out and expand their horizons a little bit. It's easy to get pinned in here. Well, and that part of Long Beach is 20 minutes away from the South Bay. Twenty, Yeah, 25 yeah, minutes, yeah. even with traffic. Correct. You cruise yourself down PCH, take the bridges, yeah. and you are there. Yep. You are literally at the, the venue. If you have kids, you know because the aquarium is there. That's the only reason and I found out Long Beach. On, on drinking alcohol that weekend, Uber, how easy is Uber now? And, you know, I mean, take a, ca- a cab or... Uber or any of those things, and, and you're right there. I mean, it's a piece of cake. All right, Friday, July 25th, you're going to see Bleachers and Magic. Saturday, you're going to get Eric Hutchison, Katie Tiz, Some Kind of Wonderful. Sunday, you're going to get DJ Irie. Ooh, that's Saturday and Sunday. Miami Heat DJ. Right on. And Bleachers, by the way, is fronted by the lead guitarist of the band Fun. Okay. And if you, the group Magic has a number two song on iTunes right now called Rude. There you go. Yep. Riding the Billboard charts right there. I see it on the uh, the World Series of Beach Volleyball. People don't know this is a free event. You can show up and enjoy beach volleyball for, again, folks, zero dollars in the beach volleyball or volleyball community uh, affordability scale. Zero dollars. <laughs> July 22 to 27. There's also some co-ed, six-man, four-man stuff. Angie, you, will you uh, tell people where they can go to get information about those events happening that week, too? Absolutely. But let's not forget that DJ Rouché will be there as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank That's you so a given. Much. Yeah. That's uh, a given. I mean, any volleyball event, I'm pretty much there. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, so anybody can go to www.worldseriesofbeachvolleyball or wsobz.com. And we've got a registration there, page there. Um, you click on the little tab that says, uh, I think it's Join the Fun or something along those lines. Um, but on that page, um, or it might be Register to Play even. Uh, sorry, it's not in front of me, so I can't recall right now. But um, it lists all the different participation events that we have from the fours and um, six-man, co-ed six-man, uh, Holly McPeak and Barb Fontana will be running a collegiate elite camp, so the college girls can come out and learn from two of the best that have ever played this game. Um, there's Sinjin has a collegiate uh, doubles competition going on. There's the ASIC six-man youth competition. There's just a whole lot of fun stuff going on throughout the week, um, and that's got the calendar, all the registration links, and everything that you need to need to know about the event is right there on our website. 
And what people need to know also is that this is a televised event, a huge presence on Universal Sports, NBCSN, and NBC. The women's and men's finals will be on Big NBC. That's going to happen. It's uh, it's quite the event. It got good coverage last year. I think it was Marlo and Dane that did it last year. Uh, Wong, I think. I think it was Kevin Wong. Was it Wong? Yeah. Okay. Mar- but it was Marlo for sure. And yeah, this is uh, this is a great event. We went down last year, Jeremy. I know yep. you were working. I showed up a couple of days. Saw and you. Cruised around and had a good time. The vibe of an international event is far different than the vibe of a standard national event. Correct. That's what I like about it. Well, you have, obviously, your patriotic pride. You have Matt Gardhoff in his uh, George Washington gear. I mean, you have all those kind of things. And, you know, we really need to nail that as well. Like, we've got the World Cup going on right now and all this country pride. So I want to invite everybody with, you know, there's players from everywhere, from Mexico, from Germany, from Italy, Spain, Everybody's going to be here. So if you've got roots to any country, whatever, come out and support them, and you know, and cheer for your fellow Americans that are competing against them. So it's it's really for everybody, and we want people to come out and show their country pride. Jeremy, you know it's funny. Last year, I ran into a guy that had played for one of my professional teams. He played the week before I arrived. He was basically my like underage sub. Oh yeah. For one of my professional leagues, when I was still with the national team, waiting to come over. And play. He says, yeah, I played one match with you or two practices, and then I was gone. Oh, nice. <laughs> but he was at the event last but year. But he was playing at the event last year. I mean, that's just how small the world of volleyball is and, and a worldwide game. Certainly an incredible event going to be happening July 22nd to the 27th. And, hey, if you're a volleyball fan, don't feel fatigued that we're asking you to go to all these things. Because we have the USA Cup happening with the you USA should. Women. This is why you're a volleyball fan. You yeah. want to go to these things. Yeah, NFL fans don't get like, oh, God. Another week of the regular season, I have to turn on my TV and watch again. Oh, man, what am I going to do? I don't know why that, that happens with volleyball sometimes. Like, oh, I went to the last tournament. I don't have to go. <laughs> no, go to another event. Go to the World Series of Beach Volleyball. The sponsor village last year was awesome. The, the presence of people and, and companies and stuff you could learn and sample and have fun with. The ASIC store was a lot of fun, and the event was off the hook. I'm sure it will be again this year. And it's a Grand Slam event. Yeah. So you know all the top teams are going to be there because it's prize money's good, point wise it's good. It's going to be a fun event. It's your one chance to see them. There you go. All right, Angie Akers, thanks so much. Did we miss any details of what's happening or your life? I mean, we had Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers was the best part of the interview. Yep. We have your husband Jeremy playing in the XFL. I hope those checks cleared. Uh, we have uh, Jamie Lee and so on. What did we miss? Uh, you missed the million dollar prize purse. I mean, can we talk about that? Yes. I mean, the biggest in the sports history is incredible. It's really exciting. And to have that on U.S. soil, too, is just amazing. I like anything and you that, say a million dollars. Sorry, that, that means everybody's going to be coming. So, you know, you don't have to worry about which teams are coming to this event. They're all going to be there. So you can think of an international team. Maybe you like Smeddens. <laughs> you know, maybe you're a fan of some of these other international squads. And you have been complaining. I can't see him. I can't find him. FIVB TV is blocked out some of the time. I don't have universal sports. Wah, 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 wah. All that noise drown it into the background and drive yourself to Long Beach in July. Period. Get it done. Cool. I'll see you there. Angie Akers, thanks so much for spending some time with us and congratulations on your smooth transition back to real life. Oh, thanks guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll see you down there. Angie okay. Akers. Sounds good. 
All right, Kevin. I will yeah. say hi. Yes, I will say hi this, this time. time, Kevin. I, uh, stupid me. I saw pictures. I'm like, oh, there's Angie Acres. I know I walked by her at least once when I was doing something with family. Oh. Nice of me to say hi. You were in work mode. You're like, I'm the talent right now, so I can't say hi to everybody. Angie Acres, Tyra Turner. Has there ever been a more in shape beach volleyball pair, men or women? No. Karch and Kent in the '90s, or Angie and Tyra? I will take Angie and Tyra. Shredded. Angie and Tyra both had muscles that I've never seen before. Tyra has shoulders. Her shoulders are ridiculous. I'm sure she still has them because I don't think those just go away. I think they're implants. Shoulder implants. Shoulder implants. She got shoulder implants. Jeez. Don't lie to me, Tyra Turner. You got shoulder implants. You know what I liked about watching Angie play is that you knew that she was going to give you everything she could on the court, regardless of what the score was, regardless of how hot it was outside, regardless of how tired she was, regardless of how banged up her body is. Like, she was going to give you everything she had every time she was on the court. She's got one speed. Yep. And all, and all the players that play with her, I mean, that you knew, they knew that's what they were going to get from her, and they love playing with her. She could be my new favorite player. There you go. Mo, my new favorite ex-player. You knew um, your favorite player, former player that you didn't say hi to at the I know. Barbecue. And I even sat in meetings with Angie, too, back in the day. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, it was around the time USA Volleyball was reorganizing, and I think it was the Nominating and Governments, Governance Commission. Mm-hmm. It was a very eclectic group. Interesting. Yeah, and, and Angie was on there. I was on there. I think El Lau was there, um, head coach from Oregon State, former coach of the national teams, whose name is escaping me right now. Terry Laskevich was on that group. Mm-hmm. Rose Schneider, whose husband Charlie now works for USA Volleyball, was in that group. Was a, I remember sitting in, in several meetings for that, negotiating like World League contract to in between, like going yeah. out in the hallway and trying to figure out what was going on with World League. But... Yeah, it's uh, this is a, a summer of volleyball. My takeaway from Angie's interview was the Lehman Brothers part. How about that? That's awesome. I just wish she was out getting the 30K dinners. I wonder if those happen with the World Series of Beach Volleyball. Is there going to be a $30,000 bill from Morton's in Long Beach? <laughs> <laughs> wow, the heyday of Lehman Brothers. That was, yeah, that was the Wolf of Wall Street times. I love it. All right, we're going to have more audio from this past week's World League. We'll talk about that. You got, you talked to a lot of people. I did. I did. I had a few people. And you're going to get some, some different people that are associated with the event. Now remember, World League going back this next weekend to the Chicago area. Going to be in Hoffman Estates. So if you're in the Midwest or planning to be in the Midwest area, be sure and get your tickets to USA versus Bulgaria happening at the Sears Center when, Friday night and Saturday night. When are you flying out? Thursday. Gotcha. And you're Same back. flights. Oh, gotcha. Sunday, back at one. Yeah. So get out there to Hoffman Estates. Try and offset the Bulgies. <laughs> the Bulgarian fans are going to be out there in mass as they were last time. It looked like Bulgaria. You felt like you were in Bulgaria. It was very strange. Very strange. I don't want it to happen again. We're going to take a break on the Net Live. Thanks to our sponsors, 6-8 Clothing Company, the ABCA. Volleyball Mag for doing what they do and making sure that you get the show each week. Thanks to DJ Rocher, of course, mm-hmm. for showing up and being a part of the show somewhere. Katie is in an interview or mm-hmm. getting a job or coaching somebody or knows. on an airplane. Doing something. Reed Pretty will have surgery this week, and he will be out of commission for a bit, but we expect to have him in here soon. Working on getting Dane Blanton back in here. Yeah, we had Dan. him a while back, a couple of years ago. Get Dane to come in and sit on the couch here in the home court. 
your Pepper Denae uh, alum. That's right. Pepper Denae alum. We'll be right back on the Net Live with more. So you told me it's Jack White. I did get some hints, but I was thinking all I could think of was Crows. All I could see was I Crows. was John Snow from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Kit Harrington, I think is his name. Kit something. It's funny because I don't see uh, you see press about them, but then you always wonder like they have to wonder too because I know some of the actors say they didn't read the books, so they right. don't at any moment they know that they could be killed. Like right. literally at any moment they could be dead and off the show. Well, you see the cycle. Oh, yeah. Did you see the cycle I posted of, of the Game of Thrones? No, no. It's, uh, I, I love this show. It's my favorite show. I really like this character. Why'd you kill that character? Yeah, I'm never watching this show again. <laughs> and, and back. <laughs> uh, that's great. I like Egret. Boy, I'm going to miss Egret. She was the right blend of just badass, pissed off, yet cute. You knew Odd. that it was either be, spoiler alert, him or her, in case you haven't caught up yet. Yes, it was either Jon Snow or her was going to be murdered. Yeah, if you're behind, come on, just catch up. Did you notice who did the killing in said moment? Because you, you got to watch the before and after. you got to watch the previously on. It was, uh, I just saw it last week. I don't remember. Spoiler alert, do, do not listen. Fast forward 15 seconds. It was his buddy, right? That no, it was the little kid. Oh, who, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, said, yeah. I'm going to skin and eat yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your mother and your father, go tell the crows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what were those guys called? Those guys are gnarly looking, by the way. Yeah. Oh, The show is just really well done. Oh, the show is so the good. The highest rated HBO show. Ever? Yep. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I actually started downloading the first season again. Yeah. Because I want to go back and watch. It's always fun to do that with these series, Walking Dead or anything else, to go back and watch some of the character development and yeah. you catch some of those pieces early yeah. on. It's really cool. Yeah. So, Especially when it's well done. Highly recommended, Game of Thrones. Yep. Back to AVP versus NVL. Sure. And the CEO of Rocks Volleyball, supporter of the NVL, right? 
yeah, Rox is a partner with the NBL, signed on with him. I think the official, I think like the headlining sponsor. Right, from Daniel Olson, CEO of Rox. Yep. And Rox is doing some good stuff. They're involved with a lot of different areas. Correct. They're also involved with the PVL. Yep. They've done a nice job. And I like what they're doing with their product as well. Their product's great. Nicole has some bathing suits from them. I do as well. Love them. Yeah, they've put design and creativity into the sport of volleyball, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate because volleyball so many times just looks like the same old boring crap from 1975. Witness the Serbian team from this this last week. They're wearing, like, the worst screen-printed shirt you've ever seen in your lifetime. It's awful. Uh, so congratulations to Rox for learning what sublimation is and utilizing it to the advantage of the volleyball athlete and the volleyball brand. Uh, but she put up a couple paragraph thing here, posted June 13th, and talking about the fact that the AVP rescheduled an event based on the move by the FIVB. It's kind of a trickle-down. But they didn't, I don't know if she mentioned that in her post or not. I think she does. Does she mention that? I don't know. Maybe she understands. Oh, I think she does. So the AVP originally had their end-of-the-year event the weekend of September 25th, 26th, 27th, something like that. And then the FIVB rescheduled their Brazil event that was supposed to be earlier in the year to that same weekend. Okay. So then that would have left the some of the players in the AVP having to decide, do I play international? Because it's a Grand Slam event. Do I go to Brazil or do I stay with the AVP? And some of the players I spoke to said they were they would play in the AVP event. They would have been bitter, not the AVP, just bitter that they missed a that Grand money. Slam, that money for sure. But they would have stayed with the AVP. Um, so the AVP tried to accommodate those players so they could play internationally and moved the last event of the year to September... 18th, 19th, 20th, whatever that weekend is. Here it is. Just how smart are the AVP, smart, smart AVP championship organizers to suddenly move their Huntington event to the same weekend, caps, as the National Volleyball League Hermosa event just 33 miles away. Understandably, the move may have been due to a lack of coordination around FIVB events. However, there are 13 other weekends left in the year to choose from. Instead, they choose again to schedule on top of another tour. As a business owner for 18 years in the volleyball industry, I've always welcomed competition. It's what makes my team stay efficient and effective. Obviously, the AVP does not seem to have the same morals, business ethics, or even care about what's best for volleyball and its players. While it's known in the volleyball world that the AVP wants nothing more than the NBL to disappear, my simple question that I would like answered is, why? Why are you working so hard against others that support the sport? I have a great respect for all the professionals on the AVP Tour, but they represent only a handful of the professionals in the sport. Wasn't making the athletes that have no winnings from the AVP sign an exclusivity contract enough? Put away your egos, do what's right for the sport, and most importantly, its players. Without them, you would not exist. Let the competition make you better while enhancing the sport, which in turn will create demand where everyone prevails. May you excel at all your volleyball endeavors as long as it's not causing intentional harm to others. Hmm. Daniel Olson. Completely understand her point of view. Sure. But war is war. If you want to eliminate a tour, eliminate them. You don't see the NFL encouraging anyone else to start a football league. Correct. And this year, there were no other conflicts. The AVP did not... The NBL had put their schedule out first, and the AVP did not put their... But there were last year. Last year, for sure. Right. But this year, they did not um, until this happened. And as we've discussed many times on this show, 
it there are so many permit issues, rescheduling Planning issues. Planning is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure. I do know, and it's found out that the, that weekend the AVP is actually partnering with the EVP because the EVP has a tournament that weekend in Huntington. So the only way the AVP could get that is if they partner with them so they could use their permits as well because there weren't any other weekends for the AVP to go in Huntington Beach. So with that argument to the side, the AVP is partnering with another tour, just not the NVL. Yeah, I think all is fair in, in war right now and what's happening. Uh, I've seen the NVL shift away from a lot of their professional programming, do some juniors programming. That's probably a good move for them. I don't see anything wrong with it. What do you think? TheNetLive at gmail.com. Send us uh, your email, your thoughts. Send us some relevant links, whatever you think is relevant to this argument. We'd be interested to hear it or post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TheNetLive. And I know we've talked about it before, about the uh, contracts that these players sign. Um, it's been talked about a lot. And I just want it's to been around forever. I want to remind everybody that players have always signed exclusive contracts with the AVP. The contract that they've signed now, the impression I'm under, it's very similar to what has been signed in the past. And the NVL also tried, did have players sign a contract on their own right. that, if I'm correct, from the players that I spoke to, that fine print said, you can play on any tour you want, but if you sign an exclusive deal with the AVP, we can sue the. We will take legal action against the AVP. That's how it was interpreted. That's how it was interpreted. Yeah. And I know since then the NVL has threatened. I've heard on two occasions legal action against the AVP. We'll hear from Albert Hanneman next week on this program. Yep. We'll ask him about that. Send us your questions for Albert Hanneman over the next week on our Facebook page or via the netlive at gmail dot com. Let's get back to World League before we get out of here. I have some audio from some folks around the Illinois area. People may not know, Illinois is a huge volleyball state. Yep. Outside of California and maybe arguably Hawaii, Illinois and Hawaii might duke it out for volleyball culture, the amount of people participating, men and women, in the sport, young boys, young girls, high school age, athletes, collegiate athletes, of course, home to Loyola, the Ramblers, who just won the national championship, and we will get Sean on here on the program. Shortly saw him this past weekend, but there are some great volleyball people around the Midwest. One of them has been on our show several times from NIU, the Huskies, Ray Gooden, caught up with Ray, nice. who was helping to organize the event happening at UIC this last week. Ray's an awesome dude. Here he is. This is night two, Serbia. Night number two, Serbia, United States, just finished up 3-2 for the United States, completing the sweep on the weekend, 2-0, and... Uh, Illinois' finest, Northern Illinois' Ray Gooden, who's been on the show, is hanging out and being a part of this. Ray, Ray, this is, this is the most this national team has ever come to Chicago. Why couldn't we come here this much when I played for the team? Dude, I don't know. I mean, we're just super excited to have it. I knew we had a lot of times. They're, they came to Chicago before. We're trying to get the 2016 Olympics, and, and now they're back again, maybe because it was a good run back before. It's awesome to have them here. What does it mean for kids and, you know, men, women, young girls, young guys to see this level of volleyball? I think it's a blast. I mean, this is the NBA, you know, of volleyball. I mean, these are the best players in the world. Um, these guys are going to play in the Olympics, which is one of the biggest things, you know, that everybody knows. Um, and this is one of the next best things, the World League. So have it around here in a good volleyball area, it's pretty cool. Yeah, people don't know Illinois is a ridiculous volleyball area. I mean, IHSA didn't pick up volleyball as a men's sport until 91. 
but it was a girls' sport before that for many, many years. People don't realize that outside of California, Illinois is pretty darn good. It's pretty strong. I mean, if you look at some of the national championship teams and men's college, I mean, a lot of them, there's, there's always some represent, representation from the Midwest and also from Illinois. So it's awesome to have it here. With Loyola winning, you take a little pride in that as an Illinois guy? Yeah, man, it's cool. You know, I mean, coaching Shane was cool being a part of that before, you know, as, a, as an assistant. Uh, just to have it in Chicago and have it such a – have it – you know, being such a great event. I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was well represented, and, and, and Chicago did a really good job put on a good show. Okay, now why didn't it happen here, but maybe it can still happen at Hoffman Estates? Why don't we have DJ Ray? Oh, dude, I don't even know. I mean, all I have to do is ask. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm good to you go. You need to get to the right people. Yeah, seriously. I mean, can you talk to somebody for me? That'd be great. All right, I'll mention DJ Ray. Get it done. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. There you go. I remember... Uh... DJ Ray from the uh, when we were in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need DJ Ray this next week. Tell him just to roll up and just uh, grill market it. Just start jamming. just unload the yeah, equipment. Just, yeah, Plug put it, it out in. front. You just need a little generator and you're good to go. <laughs> Is that how you guys started? Yeah, just rogue events. Yeah, just rogue events. Yeah. Just and then you're like throwing everything in your box van and yeah. driving away. You don't know me, but you need me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you MVP. Yeah, exactly. Your music sucks. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's give Mark Sherman a little little pub here. Mark is the live announcer. You might have heard him in the background there. He's been doing some work for USA Volleyball, and you always have to know who's on your heels. You have to know who's coming after you. All right, night number two, Serbia here with Mark Sherman. Mark, you're getting congratulations from the FIVB supervisor for a job well done. A job well done, no doubt. Thank you, sir. Gentlemen from Latvia, excited about the work you just did here. Um, I, I'm just wondering, do you have the desire to replace me? No, that is you can't ask me. My job insane. Is my job safe? You're doing you're doing color commentary. <laughs> Don't tell Paul this. I want to be a play-by-play. Well, I'm, I'm not. Sunderland. I'm not trying to replace Paul. I, that's just what I want to do. You think I could replace Paul Sunderland? All right, Paul Sunderland is now on blast. He's on no. Oh no, Mark Sherman is after him. Come on, no way. No, Paul's Paul's awesome. Paul's a professional. No replacing him. But hey, if you ever decide not to do it. I'm ready to stand in. Don't I'm, worry. Sunderland's far too professional to listen to the show. They'll never hear his audio. He has no awesome. idea. Hey, you've been doing this for a little while. You've called a little bit of stuff for USAV. What do you like better, doing the, the, the broadcast, the webcast version, or the live announcement? Uh, I, like, I like parts of both, man. Um, the fun thing about stadium announcing is you have a chance to get you know, thousands of people into the game as much as you can. You get to interact with literally thousands of people with every word you say in the stadium. On a broadcast, you get to interact with potentially many, many more. And you can interact with them personally. I mean, you can use Twitter, like with everything going on right now. Um, my favorite thing is fan interaction. So now that social media allows me to have fan interaction on a broadcast, I, I really love doing both. I, I usually keep my voice on a broadcast because I don't yeah. scream. But you're you're going to have to rebuild the voice. What are you going to go for here? Are we talking lemon tea? Are we talking whiskey? What, what's your go-to for rebuilding the voice? Uh, lemon tea with some honey. Okay. And some ginger. Honestly, I don't know. A couple of days. Maybe All right, right, hit the protein bar. Thank you. Protein, absolutely. Protein just, bar here in Chicago. I'm eating one right. Oh, the protein bar. There's protein actually a bar. place called. The yeah, protein not bar. not like a Cliff Bar, not just, a protein bar. Just, the protein right bar. Okay, I'll check it out. Where's that? I'm pitching it. I, I should work for him now. It's State and Lake, roughly, right downtown. If you're staying downtown. Yeah, protein bar. Uh, okay. Yeah, check it out, everybody. Are you staying here? Are you staying over the week? Or are you coming back for next week? I'm not coming back for next week. I, uh, you got fired? I, uh, no, I didn't get fired. They got Robert Sparrow, and Robert Sparrow's a professional, and we, you know, we're switching off these two weeks. Wait, we had both of you in Long Beach. 
Yeah, that's true. We live in Los Angeles, so they, they had both of us out there, and it was a fun time. Uh, it was the first time USAD has done something with a PA announcer and having somebody with promotions and stuff, and, and it seemed to get a great response. So uh, hopefully right. more to come. You are him, he is you. Yeah, absolutely. Rob is Mark, Mark is Rob. Mark Sherman, thanks. I mean, we're a little different, but, but hey, we do the same job. I love it. Hey, thanks, Kevin. All right. There you go. I will actually be working with Mark at the World Series of Beach Volleyball. He oh, nice. will be doing uh, some announcing, replacing Dustin Aval, who's not able to do it, and he will be doing the announcing in the first few days until uh, Geeter gets there on Friday, and then I'm sure they'll both be doing stuff, but he'll be to Mark. Nice. Yep. He'll be replacing Paul Sunderland soon. That's Sunday, you've been You're on buddy. notice. Sunday's <laughs> listening to the show right now, <laughs> typing up his resume. That's right. All right, well, there you go. There's a little flavor of, of what was going on. You heard the screams in the background. I love it. That was one Matt Anderson walking by a gaggle of girls. Nice. Matt Anderson, 50,000 Twitter followers. Did you give him a high-fiver when he walked All by? kinds of young women wanting his signature and wanting to just you know touch his sweat. Is Matt an eligible bachelor? Is he off the market? I don't know. Huh. I'll have to get that information from him this week. Very Remind me. interesting. Remind me. We will, we'll update. That's what I'm going to text you. Hey, bro. Will you find out if Matt's single or not? What's the personal <laughs> status? Well, you're looking at David Lee's junk, so I don't know where we're headed with all that. Well, that's just the photo you put up, Kevin. <laughs> Didn't even notice, buddy. Just I thought it was a nice picture of Dave Lee getting... Well, he's so tall, maybe that's where my eyes go. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want to thank Angie Akers for coming on the show today, DJ Roche for being here. Thanks to everybody who provided audio there, Taylor Sander, Dave Lee, Mark Sherman, I'd like in to, Illinois zone. I'd like to thank you too, Kevin. You had you had a good show today. Oh, thanks. You dominated. Thanks. No. Thanks. I want to thank Ray Gooden. Maybe we'll get DJ Ray this next week. If you're in the Hoffman Estates area, get out to the event Friday, Saturday night at Sears Center, 22 through 27 in Long Beach as the World Series of Beach Volleyball. We also have early July coming up three Southern California dates for the USA Volleyball Cup, and we're going to give away tickets to that. Awesome. Coming up next week. I need to follow up with those guys. They said, hey, do you want to give away some tickets? I'm a little bummed I'm not going to be in town that weekend. Yeah. So there's me that. And then Hawaii. Then they also have USA Cup at the beginning of August with the men. We'll have tickets for both. Can we go to Hawaii, Kevin? I'm, I'm trying. God. I'm going to Hawaii already. That's if you want to tag along with the family, mm. you can hang out with the boys. Hi, boys. <laughs> Great. This is, uh, this is my boy Reese, my boy Max, my other kid Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the oldest? Because the two younger ones look way taller than Jeremy. <laughs> Thanks to 6-8 Clothing Company for their support of this show, 6-8ClothingCompany.com. That's with the number 8, TNL10. We'll get you 10% off, and you can get clothing that fits you. If you are a tall, athletic male or you know a tall, athletic male, you can get the perfect gift for them. They have a fun new shirt, Stay Calm and Love a Tall Guy. Just nice. got one of those from them. So That's awesome. Some, they're putting out some fun new stuff. Check them out, the ABCA and Volleyball Mag, for supporting this show. Thanks, Jeremy, for coming to the home court. Yep. We will see you next week with another version of The Net Live. Maybe we'll have Reed. Maybe we'll have Dane. We will definitely have NBL CEO Albert Hammond. And AVP Tournament Director Jeff Conover. Beauty. It's going to be a good show. Yep. We're checking out for today. Have a great week, people. We'll see you in Chicago if you're there. Wear your Net Live shirt. A couple people did this past week. Love it.
down I'm on top of the world Tried to cut these corners.